On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. Here's your hosts, Rob Christie and Matt Robinson. Off we go once again on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. My name is Matt Robinson here uh, in uh, a satellite studio somewhere in central Ontario, uh, back in uh, in Canada. Rob Christie's with me again today. How you doing, man? Matt, I am feeling very Olympic. Yeah, okay. very Olympic. Nice, nice. You know, it, it's feeling wintry. It's finally we've kicked a bit of that. You know, thaw we've had going, but um, I think yeah, we're supposed to get back to like eight degrees though Thursday. <laughs> like sweet. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening right now. It's Super Bowl Sunday as we sit here and record uh, before the game, so we won't be getting into what happened there for you good listeners as you check it out on Monday. Um, but uh, rest assured, the team that I always thought would win has won, and um, I was correct again. Uh, if you want to go back, check out uh, a little NBA talk, though, or a little talk on the Canadian men's national team. Maddie Lang did two episodes this past week. Uh, one will be out of date as it was all Super Bowl uh, related. But 934, Maddie Lang was on. Lots of NBA stuff and lots of talk, like I said, on, uh, on the Canadian teams qualifying for the, uh, the World Cup. Uh, Maddie had shit to say, yeah? Always, man. That's yeah, how it became two episodes. Yeah, you, you invite a man on to talk about whatever, and it just... He's happy yeah, to do it. I'll come on and talk about this, but what I really want to talk about is this and this. <laughs> we can sort of cover that thing you're looking for, but that's what you need, right? Sure, that's man. What any good, that's what any good podcast host is is looking to take down. And uh, those of you who do follow us on Instagram at Tall Can Audio notice that uh, Maddie was at the wheel on Super Bowl Sunday. He's got bet betting content going up he's got prop bets on everything from the game itself to halftime to whatever so i hope you guys enjoyed that uh maddie knows what he's doing on the social media better than we do but uh we over here know what we're doing as it comes to the pints better than he does so uh what did you just crack into there uh another gift from a good supporter and beer lender lsg as we're going with now okay yes <laughs> a little local got beer back to lender the you planning to return it to him or Ah uh, no, we we have a uh, like a beer co-op. Okay, I got a something swap interesting. Meet. Yep, over to you. He's he picked up some stuff from Dominion City, which I know we both enjoy. Uh, I am drinking today the Flying V IPA. Oh, awesome. 
Mighty Duck yeah. style. A little nod to the ODR and a little nod to the impact of the Mighty Ducks. Awesome, man. That shit was right in my wheelhouse. Like, I was the age for that when it came out. Um, a young Matt Robinson enjoying the first Mighty Ducks movie. You know, D2, we get to meet Julie the Cat as Matt's starting to develop feelings for some of the girls on his TV screen. And <laughs> and maybe she, as much as anybody else, I always thought it was like Curtis Joseph that got me into goaltenders. Might have been Julie the Cat Gaffney that, uh, that got okay. me into the goaltenders. And you know what? Short of Gordon Bombay in the first one, I know nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you were already past this when these came out and became a thing. And yeah, and and super lame logo, which <laughs> I, I know was hit and miss, right? And and you can put Paul Correa or Timu Solani in that jersey, or Steve Ruchin, if you will. Sure, but lame. Okay, lame. see, and like you said, hit and miss. I don't mind it. I don't hate no, that don't... Uh, that logo. And again, you're right. Part of that is my the Disney movie or whatever, but just in general, I, there are there have been way worse logos in the NHL than that uh, original Mighty Ducks logo. Well, and they've morphed into an even, is it possible, lamer? Yeah. The, the D that looks kind of like the duck's webbed foot. And you're like. Yeah, I don't love that. Lame. <laughs> so this is an IPA, comes in at 7%. Nice. Perfect um, for Super Bowl yeah, Sunday. I would certainly suggest hop forward, right? Um, heavy on the Citra hops. For those of you, it's right in the name, Citra hops. But, you know, a lot of local, there's some Simcoe hops in here as well. So. I would say um, crisp and and hoppy, if, if that's your bag. Now, I'm backing it with a couple of Nickelbrooks um, that are all in the small cans. Okay. Bit of a bummer. Dominion City seems to be going really hard towards the yep. smaller can. Yep. Um, so I got three of them here today because, you know, two small cans, just two little bullets, not enough. Right. So at least for one day, small can audio. Yeah, okay. I like that. Uh, I am sitting here holding on to something. This would be the first time back to this brewery for me, and it's got to be at least a year for a craft brewery this prominent, the Waterloo Brewing Company. Um, and this is something of theirs I haven't had before. It made me a little nervous when I saw it because uh, it's called the Laker Red. And uh, those of you who, who grew up here in Ontario will remember the Laker <laughs> beers from back in the, I don't know, early 90s or, or whatever. Maker Ma- a Laker, Matt. Yeah, Maker a Laker, it's a buck of beer. Um, I don't know if this is a, a tribute to that or unrelated. It doesn't say on the can here in the description, but uh, it is called the Laker Red uh, 5.5%. Uh, they say it's traditional red ale, so looking forward to that. This is actually the second show in a row. Uh, sometimes things just roll out that way that I've been uh, I've been into the reds. So um, I don't know. I was trying to break up. It seemed like every show I was drinking a stout here for the last month or two. So I've been trying to mix in something else, but uh, now we're, I guess, steady into the reds. Well, and, and while you sample that, um, oh, not not promising on, no, the, on the crack. No. Um, yeah, we were supposed to be in studio together again. Uh, there hasn't been, uh, you know, the studio hasn't been locked down no. due to rioting in the city. Um, <laughs> Yet. Just things have things have caused us to be apart, which is sad on this Valentine's Day, Matt. Of course, man. Um, it only makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. But I had, I had a pint for you. Oh. I was going to bring over special, but uh, it may or may not make it to next week. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to wait and see, right? I have options, but sometimes Rob doesn't have a lot of, you know, willpower. I and, get that, uh, yeah. So you're like, ah, oh, I want to try that. So yep. I have a couple of them on hand. If they make it to next weekend, then um, yeah, Matt will get his belated Valentine's Day gift. Nice, man. All right. I'm thinking about you, man, I'm, on this special day. <laughs> 
I appreciate that. that I feel it all warm and fuzzy, but it might be the red here. It's, yeah, it's, I'm not sure if that makes you feel more or less comfortable, it but it makes me feel things. I don't know what they are necessarily, yeah. but revulsion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got all kinds of hockey stuff we want to get to, but before we do, why don't we start with the uh, the Olympics, man? Last week we talked about it. Um, you were sort of you hadn't seen much yet, but we were only a couple of days in, and the schedule just stinks, obviously, with it being mostly overnight. But where are you at with it as we are now at the halfway point of the Olympics? Uh, can I can I just yeah Olympic theme before we get into any of that? You know, it's like it's like playoff hockey. The Olympics come around, and there's a couple of heavy commercial rotations that they run through. Yeah, that I have really already. I'm. I am. You don't so, have another week in you. Uh, the Dan O'Toole bet bet river, whatever that is. Boomsies. And 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 again, I, this is awkward. And I'm going to keep it straightforward. But is this the first time we've seen Dan O'Toole since he kind of? Yes. Went, went away. S- struggled and then was yes. dismissed. Yes. Um, he has just almost coinciding with and probably not by accident. Uh, he has started a new podcast from his home. Um, whether that was related to this partnership with whatever it is, Bet99 or one of these, uh, as you said, gambling companies. I don't know. But um, this is the first time, yeah, we've seen mainstream Dan in, uh, in quite a while. Yeah. All right. And that's, and that's really all I want to say about it. Yep. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm but it's, super, it's, it's a bit much. It is a bit much. The right? rotation and, of the commercial. And at the same time, because he is also promoting the podcast. Have you seen the, I'm sure you have the boomsy yep. commercials and yep. again, they're not offering you much, just boomsies over and over again. And you're like, I hate this. Like I have no, you might have the best podcast in the world, but I'm hating this ad for it so i'm probably yeah. not checking it out. clearly you don't have the best podcast oh, no, in the world no take a back seat my man yeah anyways there's that and okay. then there's then there's the the starship you know it you know it's 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 kind of you know put your hand in my hand baby don't ever look back right you know? uh, it's it's they're they're wearing me down. I am humming that song very frequently now. Like the the commercial, it's getting to me a bit, but the song is staying with me. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways, to, to me, those those are sort of wearing me down, wearing me down. And you're like, okay, I, I don't have much. And as you say, the time change and having three consecutive Asian based yes Olympics, and you go, oh, we're gonna have somebody skating at three thirty in the morning. Probably not. No. Right. And, and I, uh, last Friday, I, I, I stayed up for the Canada USA men's hockey game. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. It's just stunk. Yeah. It's stunk. And, and it's just not, it's, it's not delivering, you know, uh, the Winnicks and the Odell's are not, uh, and, and really the Eric Stahl so far. Yeah. Underwhelming. So, well, it's like, I had this conversation with somebody last week where like it, I'm far more engaged in the women's hockey because it's the best, the best. of what it is, right? Like yeah. he, there, this tournament is just, I don't know, here's some guys playing in the Swiss league and a couple of my, and it's fine. Like I, I got time for a little bit of it. I had it on, on Friday night as well, but I didn't stick around for the whole thing. It was not compelling. Um, but yeah, it's the pressure that Canada was applying through that game just had me thinking like if you had 
NHL players. Like, you're burying those chances. Like, they were getting all kinds of shots, but the Canadian teams, much like in 2018, no finish, right? Like, anybody with any kind of skill or finish like that is is hanging around the NHL, even in a fourth-line role. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just have, like you said, Daniel Winnick out there. Uh, it's There's just not much happening, man. It's it's well, not good and, hockey. And you're going to need you're gonna need the young guys. Yeah. The Tavishes, the, the uh, Kent Johnsons. Yep. Right? Those are the guys who are probably going to have to, and it's a lot, asking a lot of 19-year-olds. Yep. Um, well, and that's but, why the U.S. team has been more fun to watch, right? Like, at least right. their young guys are 22, 23, maybe, right? Or 21, like in university, but a little more sized, a little more skill um, development time. You know, they've leaned, they have the European journeyman as well, yep. but they seem to have gone heavier on the uh, the university side of thing, yeah. whereas we stuck to our 30-year-old KHL third liners well, yeah the number of guys over the age there's 13 i think over the age of 30 on team canada yeah. right and then the vast majority are under 24 on on the u.s team right right and when you add in the the sort of uh, what i would suggest to be suspect goaltending mm-hmm. that canada maybe got in that canada usa game it's it didn't look good right it looked like an older squad and a younger squad and just mm, you know who i thought was, was great for canada though pillar of power on the defense. Matt Robinson, Matt Matt Robinson. With one D. Yes. Guys killing it, man. And the the stuff that's I don't know if like what's happened if the audience has grown or changed or whatever. That guy played and he might have been the captain in 2018. Chris um, Kelly. It was Chris Kelly, that's right. But uh Matt Robinson was on that team. Nary a, a mention or a whatever. Every time Canada's playing right now, my Twitter mentions are, hey, look. And I'm like, yeah, some of these are funny. Some of them are like, yes, I get yeah. it. There's a guy with the same name as me on the team. But Okay, and, and you think that guy, because hockey players are so original, do you think he goes by Bassey or Dorsey or something along those lines? Ew. Hey, I'm just hey, going to let you drown in that for a second. No, it's not me, <laughs> but it's Matt with one T. I you get gotta, it. You got to know that there's some there's some uh, hockey guy that's just dragging that in. I can tell. I'm almost certain it's either Maddie or Robbie. Oh, uh, see that. See, I'm not feeling the Robbie. Well, no, you wouldn't. But like. yeah, no, but I'm not feeling it in terms of yeah. And, and you are Robinson, but hey, you know, I I'd, I'd just as soon go with Sonny. Sure, nice. All right. When I was oh. in uh, in college in Sarnia. There was five guys on our floor named Matt. And so no one got to keep it. It was Matt York, so he was Yorkie. And uh, Matt Smith was Smitty. And so I was either Rob or Robbie all year down there. Like, And out of the five of us, no one got to keep Matt. Like you'd think, draw straws or something. Someone gets to stay Matt, but no, everybody was... Uh, First one in. Yeah. No, because even, even one of them... Then you go, it, it brings in the potential of, well, which Matt? Everybody turns their head when you hear it, and yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, you're like, no, forget it. Nope, no, you're right. Be, so yeah, for a year, I was Robbie. I know. Okay, all right. But I left I, that I behind. It. I didn't love it. Yeah, I would have went with I would have went with something else. Yeah, well... I've given many people a nickname over the Yeah, no doubt, but uh, we talked... And, and way better. We've talked before about those old commercials, right? That uh, you don't get to pick your own nickname. Otherwise, we'd yep. all be the Duke. <laughs> yeah, champ, boss. Yeah, I get it. It's true, man. It's true. You don't have these options. 
I've caught well, yeah. way less of even the stuff that I like to catch, like the speed skating that we talked about at the beginning. Seen like almost nothing. Like I, I, it just the timing is rough. If I'm staying up, it's probably for a hockey game, and then you know in the morning. I just, it's not even on my mind, right? Like I get up and you kind of go through your morning and you're like, oh, right. Like there's something you could yeah. throw some of that on while you're puttering away at other things. It's, I don't know. I've just, now we will see in the second week way more championship events, right? Like way yep. more, there's a final in this, a final in that. Maybe that has me checking it out. But during the summer games back in August in Tokyo, very, you know, similar in terms of time zones, I was far more engaged and I knew what was happening more often for whatever reason right now, yeah, this has just not grabbed me almost at all other than, like I said, the, the women's hockey so far. Yeah, and and, and I think I've, I've pulled the other way. I, I've had, um, and it's funny because hockey's always going to be my go-to, mm-hmm. NHL hockey. Uh, and the Senators have played a shit ton this week, five and seven. Um, but they haven't been playing exceptionally well. Right. And so it's sort of, I've been, I've been drawn to... All the protest action, right? Mm-hmm. So CBC News World, I'm there all the time. And the Olympics, if it's on, right? Um, so I did catch a pile of Olympics this week, right? This I like the snow cross. Yep. Right? That is, and the Canadians traditionally do well in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so fascinated by ski jumping. And I, and I know earlier in the week, Canada won a, a, a new team event, right? yep. which is interesting. But I think those have to be the craziest people in the world. Right, who who jump the, off? The, this is the giant one where you're just going for distance, like yeah, yeah. No, it's insane, and you like you're looking at them, and they're basically like laying forward over their yeah. skis. You're like, you crazy motherfucker! Like, well, and they more and more start to look like they're trying to do that flying squirrel thing, yeah. right? where the, the hands are sort of out, and you're trying to in the V, and you're yeah. doing this, and it's crazy shit to yeah. watch. And you're like, I, I am so impressed by, because to me that. There's a lot of things, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shoot it out here, and I'll take flack for it, whatever. <laughs> that's why I, that's why we do a podcast. It feels like the winter has so many more things that I can't do. Yeah, right? like in this in the summer, I can swim, I can run, I can throw something, I can. Now, can I do it well? Right. No. Right. But it's it's the, the winter sports seem to be loaded with sort of more niche sports, sort of sort of really unique skill sets. Well, we talked about that a little bit with Michaela earlier in the week. Part of that, I think, is the drawing in. I think the Winter Games have done a lot more of accepting the X Games style yeah. stuff. Um, and I agreed with you. I said exactly the same thing. In the summer, these things are relatable to me. I'm not good at them, but I could run, right? I can swim. I can jump. Yeah. All of these sort of more basic. You put me at the top of that giant jump for the you're probably going to see me slowly wobble my way down and then cling to the edge of of it. (laughs) Right. I'll be clinging to the end of it. Um, You know, some of the moguls where you go down and then you do like a giant flip in the middle and land and keep going. Yeah. There's no chance, man. Like I'm going to hurt myself badly trying almost any of this stuff. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's you're right to me. The winter games, I'm still, I enjoy them. I'm still entertained. All I still respect them, all of that stuff. But there's no chance of me even attempting. I wouldn't even know where to start, right, with with trying some of this stuff. Well, and it's, and it's funny because um, I, I can't remember if it was in, uh, it must have been in Sochi or maybe it was, I can't remember, but the, the, the 
figure skating duo of Jamie Sully and David Peltier. It was 2 2 Salt and, Lake when they got then, screwed. Yeah. yeah. So they were in, it must have been in Vancouver then. They sort of brought them out. They were doing commentating or whatever else. Right. But they had the two of them. So these are people who live on their skates. Mm-hmm. They put the two of them in long track speed skates or short track, I guess. Right. But speed skating skates. Yeah. And they had them go head to head. And they were brutal. Yeah. It was. And so just that. Battle of the network stars. Right? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, on, and they're trying to do just one, you know, 400 meter lap. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was so fun to watch. But these are two people who are excellent skaters. Yes. And now you're asking them to skate just using different skates right. with the longer blade and the detachable heel almost but it was it's it's fun to watch now you know you as an olympian and a gold medalist you got to put yourself out a bit right to say yeah i'm willing to look stupid because everyone to, already knows though i'm great over here <laughs> like, yeah. it's easy no, for I, me i know to, but yeah. but it's but it's 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 one of those things right that some people aren't willing to do right i i i don't want to i don't want to be seen to be less than than this gold medalist but it was great it was great tv and it and that to me is the exact illustration of what we're talking about yeah yeah i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna fail at it have you have you kept tabs on on jamie soleil Uh, she was a favorite of mine at the time I, i love a lot of ours but uh not so much right now uh She's on Twitter. Uh-oh. She does. She's very, very much in support of the uh, the trucker convoy. Oh, no! And, um, like, hard over the top. Like, if you go back now, you can see, okay, loving the Trump stuff. Lo- like, not your average conservative. Like, she is hardcore overthrow the government. And you're like, I know most fans don't know this. I can tell you exactly where most of Jamie Soleil's financial support came from throughout her career. Um, And it's getting, it's gotten ugly in a few places. I don't know if you knew this. I didn't. Uh, She was married to Craig Simpson of uh, Hockey Night in Canada, former Edmonton Oilers player. I did not know that. And so Craig Simpson disappeared for a couple of weeks from Hockey Night and there was no explanation given by him or by Hockey Night. And so maybe just needed a little personal time, maybe had COVID, but didn't want to talk about it. But the, the, the really kind of gross portion of hockey Twitter, knowing this relationship and knowing Jamie Soleil saying, you know, maybe he's an anti-vaxxer too. And Rogers was lowering the thumb on him and all this stuff. And it comes out afterwards, someone's ripping him after he's come back to work. And he finally answers one of these people and says, Hey, we split up months ago over this. Um, please don't tie me to whatever she's still out here saying and doing right but now his personal separation is being dragged into the trucker convoy on hockey hockey twitter like i can't imagine anything worse right like i had no idea like this is a complete blindside it's my personal life it's my professional life it's canadian politics it's all of it like so you have so many people that want to get involved with the conversation oof it got ugly man i feel for the guy i look i be real here because i've said it a hundred times i'm not a huge fan of his work on hockey night but i feel for the guy personally right now with the beating he's taking yeah wow i'm i'm actually uh i'm I'm a bit speechless well what are you gonna say you didn't even know craig simpson jamie soleil's marriage was gonna come up on this podcast yeah well i had no idea they were married right 
like I said, she was such a favorite of mine. Yeah. Um, but wow. Yeah. And, and I don't mind difference in politics. No. I, I don't. Yours can't be super gross. That's a bit of a, so clearly me and Simpson are, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a game breaker uh, or deal breaker. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, but again, like it sounds like he was fine. Like he's probably just your average run of the mill conservative and they got along fine. But as she continued to drift and drift and drift, he's like, you're, you've gone crazy. Like I'm out of here. Right. Like, yeah, I don't mind a little PC action. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm not saying I do. It's too bad, though, man, because in back in 02, this entire country wrapped their arms around Soleil and Peltier, right? Like this, we were outraged on their behalf. Um, well, fantastic athletes, and she was cute as a button. Of course that's she a, was, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, a lethal combo. <laughs> yeah. Later on, uh, we just have to hope that we don't end up hearing that Scott and Tessa are into meth or something like that. I don't know <laughs> what would top oh, this. Well, and they've been doing, uh, yeah, they've, they've been, been on the broadcast eh, a bit. And so now again, love Tessa too, right? Of course. Yeah. And, I, and frankly, my, I love Scott. Like he's, uh, they've probably asked him to stay sober during the games. Cause after they were, shame! after they were done in <laughs> Pyeongchang, that yeah. guy was everywhere and he was blasted every yeah, time. He's got beers in his hand at every event. Um, I can remember him at a, one of the Canadian women's hockey games where the arena is like two thirds empty and he's sitting by himself with the beer in each hand. Yeah, yelling at the ref. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I love that guy, man. <laughs> well, and that's like, I've been at world championships for different things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm drinking pints out of a water bottle and right. I'm yelling like nobody's business. Like, that's me. Yeah. So, I totally get it, man. I'm I'm embracing that, and yeah, he's got a bit of that wild card thing. And uh, Tessa, involved with uh, good guy Morgan Riley. Yeah, so, that, that I I find that to be off putting a, a little bit. A warrant, yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. That's that's a terrible slumming thing going on there. The guy's got a head like a like an eraser. <laughs> All like, right. Sure <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I have been watching. Yes. I have been watching, and I've been enjoying. I love the the short and long track speed skating. Uh, it's chaos, especially the short track. You're mm-hmm. like, wow, what's happening there, right? But uh, yeah, I've been watching. I've been enjoying it, and and really to see Canada late last week pull into a tie for overall medals. Yep. I see as of recording, we're at 14 medals, with more to come. So yeah, it's a nice um, it's a nice feel. And again, I I know every time the Olympics roll around, especially the winters. I, I ask you, I ask you, good listener, if you're under the age of, I don't know, 40, <laughs> 35. Just barely. Go back and go back and look at, at Canada's medal totals from 88 or any other Winter Olympics, right? And it's just where we are now is such a, is night and day different, yeah. right? From, you know, I think we, we end up with three medals at certain Olympics, right? And if, it, you know, it's just, it's so, no golds and, and, and and you if you like this, you know, there is government support, as we were alluding to with the uh, Jamie Sally bit. Yep. But, you know, places like RBC and Petro Canada, who, who do a lot to support the own the podium and road to excellence and and these sorts of things. If that's important to you, yeah, you should be looking to these companies for for support for those reasons, if for no other reason, right? It's, yep. it's important that if you feel like it's important to fund these athletes, 
Totally agree with that. Um, and there will be much more of that coming down the pipe here. Like in that second week, all these events start to come to a head. And uh, so lots more opportunities for medals. And, and that all turned the corner like at Vancouver 2010, right? Once we were going to host, we implemented all these different uh, own the podium plans and Sport Canada kind of re- revamped how they're going to invest. And you're still seeing it 12 years later pay off, right? Uh, well, and that's that's the venues, right? Yep. When you had When you had Calgary and it's one thing. Then you get more venues in um, in Vancouver and the and the in the you know the southern mainland there and and you're looking at um, venues and funding together yeah. is a great combo and you look at that RBC um, you see the ads for it all over the place right the um, the athlete search um, help me out nope. um, where they where you where they bring you in and they test you out and they go hey okay you ever think about bobsled right. Or you ever think about Ariel as a former gymnast? You know, you ever and they, and they push you in different directions. Um, that's another RBC, you know, uh, funding thing, and and it's it's clearly helping, right? In terms of, of of athlete identification. Yeah, pushing them into areas that they're going to be successful and right. maybe have good predisposition for. Um, Correct. Before we move into the hockey, I did want to mention because the time zone thing has been a mess, and especially right now, um, for me, the Leafs are out west. So Friday had uh, had Leafs and Flames until uh, uh, I guess it was Thursday. The Canadian women played their quarterfinal at eleven o'clock. Friday uh, and the Leafs were that night. Friday night was the men's hockey game at eleven o'clock. I did watch some of that. Saturday Leafs at seven, and then UFC uh, at ten o'clock. And I want to get into that for just a second, only kind of in a side kind of sideway around it. As we sit here Sunday, uh, Super Bowl. And then the Canadian women play their semifinal at 11 o'clock. So these days of, of sports are long, especially if you're someone who enjoys a beverage as they roll on. You, you got you to gotta really work to keep things on the rails. I went on Saturday night. As I mentioned, I'm not in the studio. So I didn't buy UFC 271. I had to lurk around into the dark corners of the internet and find an illegal stream. And uh, there was a couple people sitting around me who aren't UFC people, but as we're looking for a, a feed or a, a stream, I found one that had a live chat beside the uh, video window. The alternate cast. It was the most horrific live chat you have ever seen in your life. It is moving by at a pace you can barely read it because the comments are coming in so fast and flying up the screen. 70% of it racial slurs being thrown like and i'm not exaggerating back and forth hate towards any group you can possibly think of then just horrendous like some guy and this was actually lighthearted. we found him charming compared to the rest just said press one if you'd like my dick in your mouth (laughs) and then of course 300 people start sending one right because why not <laughs> but these are the types of, like there's your handle you're totally anonymous it's not twitter where you can be anonymous but some people might still figure it out this is as anonymous as it gets and so people's handle are death to blacks 69 or white supremacy all day or one guy was i eat poop again kind of charming compared to the rest of <laughs> where, where did you find yourself man it was uh well, uh, yeah, you don't need to say it. No, I, it's it's an illegal side street, okay. right? Lots of places will put these up, but they have to be buried in the darkest 
portions of the web where, again, you're dodging pop-ups and viruses and whatever just to get in oh, there and, and stream it. Okay, I have so never th- seen a, a live chat like this. It was okay. unbelievable. And, and it's not what I thought. I thought you were talking about, because they are talking about doing an alternate cast like football's done. Yeah, no, that's not what this with, was. With the Manning cast. Sorry, that's where I, that's where I went immediately. You're, you're talking about a... No, it's just a chat client oh, okay. on the website. And someone okay. said, like, is this it? Is this the UFC crowd? And I'm like, yep, 20,000 people in the arena all saying these things to each other. <laughs> like, that's all. Yeah, we've been, we've been to live events, and I've never uttered any of those no, things. No, of course not. But it, it just was wild to, like, yeah, sorry, this is... Uh, and, and this is one corner of one event of one whatever. And you go, these people are everywhere. And once they feel safe and anonymous, oh, my God, the things being said were... Yeah. Well, yeah, humans are an interesting species and sometimes disgusting. Yeah, sometimes, man. So um, Israel Adesanya gets a win, uh, holds on to his title over Robert Whitaker. And, uh, you know, that's two wins in a row now for Adesanya over Whitaker, who really is his only kind of right yeah. now legit opponent at middleweight. Um, and I think uh, Dana said Jared Cannonier uh, is going to get the next shot. But, you know, it, it's interesting Israel Adesanya is sort of one of these guys that people are wanting to put on a plateau with uh, with Usman and some of the best, and maybe he is. He is 22-0 in the middleweight division, but he hasn't been pushed much. It's not a deep division, and the one time he did go up, and it is up, right? He went up to light heavyweight. He got beat, and I wonder if in hindsight you'd almost wish you hadn't done that, right? You did put a loss on your undefeated champion's record for no real reason other than to sell a fight against Jan Blachowicz. Oh, every, everybody loves a, uh, a, a two-belt yep. champion, right? So I, I think I think the really greats, the elites, right, that's what separates them, right, is, is yeah, I moved up, and I and I won, and that was, you said that was Jan Blachowicz, yep. right? Um, who just did a workman-like job of him. Yeah, just stayed and on top it, of him and heavier and bigger and wore him out. Yeah, and I think, I think you, you heard last week, um, Aaron Bronstetter, I believe uh, it was I was listening to, who was talking about uh, people saying they want to see Adesanya Usman, yeah, right, and and Usman said, yeah, I'll fight, I'll fight him, but it's gonna it's gonna cost you a hundred million bucks. <laughs> nice. Short of that, we're not fighting, right? Right. So I'll take your swing. Ni- <laughs> yeah, both Nigerian, right? Yep. And, and they and they're like, you know, why would we? Why would it be better to have two national heroes than to have one take the other one down? So. Yeah, um, I, and I and I respect that. I, 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 you know, you used to see it in the early days of the UFC with when you had, you know, different different clubs, right? Yep. I think of I think of Ken Shamrock and the Lions Den and <laughs> and those sorts of things, right? That's old school, but Lions Den Lions Den guys didn't fight Lions Den guys, right? Or well, American even later on, GSP guys. wouldn't fight Rory McDonald, right? They didn't want to do yep. that, and um, well, Rory McDonald was going to get married. Well, at the time, he was an up-and-comer, and it didn't yep. pan out the way we thought it might for him. But you're right, G- GSP would have taken him apart. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't want to spend a ton of time yeah. on it. It was more just the, uh, man, certain corners of the web right there. Yeah, okay, but just what This is who I'm watching it. the fight with tonight. Is this? Yeah. Well, Let's you just close Derek- the chat and uh, full screen the, the video and leave that in the background. Derek Lewis, uh, a Texas guy, yep. and it's in Houston, right? And he said, the big boys are going to bang. And bang, <laughs> I, I got knocked out. Um, but yeah, that's what you're talking about. But this alternate cast, which is really what I had it in my notes of, of just to bring up with you as a, as a, as a, as a throwaway or, uh, you know, yeah. 
the idea of if you could have two guys to host this sort of Manning style, right, which is really just two guys watching the fights, maybe having guests on, talking about the fight, watching it, commenting, but also talking to the other guy and getting insights. Mm-hmm. Who who would you who do you think is a is a great couple of guys that you could put up for that for the UFC? Yeah, it's interesting because they already use their guys a lot on the broadcasts, sure. right? So yeah. for people who aren't familiar, just quickly in the NFL, you've started to see and in other places, but you can flip if you're watching Monday Night Football to a different game, and it's Peyton Manning and Eli Manning just talking about the game, and sometimes they're breaking down what's happened, but sometimes they're just talking about you know, memories or what they would have done or, you know, it's just a different way of broadcasting the game. And quite frankly, almost equally as compelling uh, or as successful, the NFL has started broadcasting some games on Nickelodeon with more of an eye for kids, right? So I kind of like this idea of get it out to in as many different ways as you can and, and see if people are more interested in your broadcast that way. But as far as the UFC goes, you know, I'm not sure, you know, would you want to watch more like a, like a Chael Sonnen, right? Like a guy with... Chael Sonnen is number one on my list. Yeah, like big personality, not afraid to say what he thinks. And he has moved yeah. into the broadcasting side of things. Um, they already use Daniel Cormier and uh, and Michael Bisping a lot. Um, so, uh, you know, whether or not they would be taken off the main broadcast for something like this. I, yeah. I don't know, man. Those are... Yeah, and you have... And, and, and so Chael Sonnen, and he, Chael Sonnen's got a bunch of things, right? He's involved in in a bunch of different, he promotes now. Yeah. Right? There's a grappling. There's just a bunch of things, but he's the kind of guy, right. Who won't, won't be afraid. A Ray Ferraro, if, if you will, right. Who, yep. who doesn't mind, you know, being a former fighter or skater in this case, mm-hmm. who will say, Hey man, that guy buggered up there. Yep, that that's a mistake. There. This is what happened. Yeah. And, and this is what I would have done. And you have insight into it as a guy who fought for titles. Mm-hmm. Um, sleeper pick on my part, BJ Penn, I'd love to see BJ yeah. Penn because he's for sure, you know, all those Hawaiian fighters, they'll say whatever, <laughs> right? And mostly they believe it, right? Yeah. But it's, um, so anyways, that was- Masvidal might be good, right? Like some of the, a bunch of those, like all of those, um, Covington, Masvidal, and Usman there at the top of that welterweight division, all good personality, not afraid to talk. So it is different, maybe sport, uh, this sport compared to many others, like, it did. Ray Ferraro has said it took him a while because he still knew a lot of guys in the league. Yeah. So you don't really want to be ripping guys, but you do have to be honest and do your job. It took him a little while to grow into it. If you're a fighter, you spent half your career ripping the other guy just to build yeah. the fight. So maybe well, it's... And you've got punched in the face of a, a, a thousand times. Yeah. So yeah. what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess so. Right. You're obviously not intimidated by that idea. So. Uh, why don't we talk a little hockey, man? There's a bunch of places we could start, but uh, the, the the one that I think uh, makes the most sense to kick things off with here is Brad Marchand suspended again. Uh, kind of takes a swipe or a punch at Tristan Jari and then clips him with the stick again afterwards. Gets six games. Uh, matches noted tough guy Jason Spezza's uh, <laughs> suspension from earlier in the year. Um, what did you make of Brad Marchand getting another six games? He says he's going to appeal. We haven't heard yet whether or not that's going to get lowered or not. Usually what happens on, you know, at six games, the, for some reason, he may have to serve it all, but he'll get some of his money back, right? For some reason, they seem to take forever to get to these appeals. Um, so it'd be a financial thing more than anything else, but. Yeah, for me, it, it comes down to, this is clearly, I think, 
excuse me. I think you look at the at what he did, and you're like, yeah, okay, he punched the goalie in the side of the head, uh, and then waved his stick, tried to poke him in the face with it. That's bullshit. You know, don't don't do that. Yep. It's a fine, I think, for most for most people, right? I, I think it's super heavy-handed, but this is a guy who's been suspended seven previous times. Yep. Like this is, a, and, and people say, "Oh, he's changed." Bullshit. He's been suspended twice this year. Yes. Like <laughs> this is a guy you've who, changed since November. Oh, yeah, yeah, has not learned, right? And and you know he's on this, you know very team friendly contract, right? He's in the six and change yep. million, I believe Yeah. for his output and his production. That's a deal for the Bruins. Yep. But this guy between fines and suspensions is, is up around 1.5 million in career losses. And, <laughs> and I get man, I, I can make 6 million a year and I, I'm fine with it, but that's real money, man. That's, yep. that is not nothing. And, and you go, that guy just doesn't get it. And and the Bruins are coming off a couple of, you know, they came into Ottawa and, and, and threw a blanket on them, but without Bergeron as well. Yeah. But you're in, you're a team that is fighting to to solidify that that top eight spot in the Eastern Conference. And you know, Rask came and now is gone. You know, Bergeron takes that hit, and you're like, you need this guy, and he continues to do zany, you know, like. Shit that where you like there's a couple of wires that just aren't quite eh, connected properly. Yeah, he had a, a press conference after the suspension came down, or more an interview in the locker room more than a press conference. And he seemed very smug would be overstating it, but like calm and collected, just like, yeah, sometimes I do stuff and I shouldn't have or I wish I hadn't. And he goes, I've turned myself into a very good player in this league, which is true. True. Um he goes, and yeah, sometimes I just get a little crazy, and you're like, okay, well, you should probably work on that, bud, right? Like, <laughs> well, if you can say it, yeah, you know it. It's, it's, you know, now maybe he looks at it as I'm going to get a four to six game rest in the middle of this compressed area. But as you said, the Bruins need him to. Now they're going to make it. The East, we've talked about it before. The playoff teams are set. Positioning yeah. is not, but yeah, like that's a reputation suspension. I, I don't know if I agree. That it's only a fine, but it's not six games unless it's Brad Marchand. And you go, you're you again, like go sit down um, to me, almost anybody else, because it's not like he swung his stick. Like I'm going to knock it out of the park here. Um, Are you trying to jab him in the face with it? Yeah, no, it's dirty for sure. It is. And um, and he did punch him and the goalies are different. I understand the whole idea of why you would want to put a, 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 you know, a cap on this. Make sure people don't start to think it's OK. I was surprised, or for anyone else, I would be surprised if they got six games out of that. That's a that's a multiplier because it's Brad Marchand. One hundred percent. And and again, I say fine. Um, one game. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Right for for what it is, um, but it it sort of comes down to, yeah, as you say, how many more times? If there's going to be the escalation of this. And we're going to keep suspending you until you learn. And now the dude is well over 30. Yeah. He's so probably not going to learn. <laughs> he is not learning. And so it's it's one of those things where you go, come on, man. Get your shit tight. Uh, Tuka Rask, you referenced there, tried to make a bit of a, a return here after hip surgery in the offseason. Uh, the plan 
was for him to play a couple of games in the AHL. We could debate all day whether or not it would have helped or not, but those games got wiped out by COVID, so all of a sudden he's right up and into the NHL. Um, it doesn't go well, and uh, he decides, all right, it's time to hang him up. I'm going to retire. And I thought you might enjoy this. Tuka Rask retires with the most wins of any Toronto Maple Leaf drafted goaltender. <laughs> I did not hear that. Yes, uh, that is the Thank most. You, Matt. That is the most wins any goalie drafted by the Leafs has ever posted. It's three hundred and five, I believe, was the number. Um, more than that, uh, he is the one in goal all three times the Bruins put these traumatic lo- playoff, uh, you know, losses on the Leafs. Um, one of those things that will will never be untangled, right? One of the worst trades in in Leafs history. And I suppose on the other side, if you're in, they were going to waive Andrew Raycroft if they couldn't find someone to trade for him uh, back when that deal was made. The Leafs said, well, we'll take Raycroft. And it did not go so good. And uh, the rest is Wasn't history. Was Pogi involved in that? No, that was, uh, put the Pogi was the reason they felt comfortable trading. Oh. Rask, okay. uh, we have Justin Pogge, World Junior Gold Medalist. Yeah, Canadian uh, World Junior. Yeah, we're going to be fine here. Uh, okay. They were not fine here. So. All right. Well, I was going to say, what is the contrast between Rask and Pogge? Well, yeah, I th- <laughs> Pogge, I believe. I could be wrong. I think he's on the taxi squad for Team Canada at the Olympics right now. Actually, I'm sure of it. I saw a great tweet that said, "Oh man, like." To Karask already retired Justin Pogi at the Olympics as we speak. Who would you rather have? Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, to Karask, Hall of Famer, yes or no? No. Okay. Now, I, 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 I appreciate the decisive answer. I am obviously biased, but no cups. He has a cup, but he was the backup. Yeah. Um, very, very good. Like, I'm not... I don't think so. I don't think that's a Hall of it. Did get to two cup finals, lost them both on a gut feel. No. 300 wins is a lot of wins. Yep. Yep. Um, you are talking about a guy who's retiring with the third best save percentage ever. Yeah. In a guy who's made 300 starts. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so to me behind, I think Hashik and yeah. anyways, yeah. I say yes. Yeah. In the Hall of Very Good, I say yes. Yeah, that's fair enough, right, too. So um, moving off of that, why don't we touch briefly on uh, stay with the goaltending here. Last, I guess it was two weeks ago, we talked about Jack Campbell and what you might be willing to pay him uh, and and give a contract. And I just wanted to circle back on it briefly because, uh, you know, we did mention then that he had been struggling, but two weeks has gone by since then, and he has continued to struggle mightily. And... um, since December 1st, I believe, his save percentage is like 885. And it is... Is that bad? It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> and what's... Like, you, people don't talk about it because in January, while his save percentage was well south of 900, the Leafs go 9-2-2. Two, and two. So it's hard to get too worked up or worried. It, I mean, it's not hard for Leafs Twitter to get worked up or worried about anything, but for some reason, and it's probably because we just love Jack so much... He is nice guy. Yeah, play, tries hard, um, but you know, makes him a senator. He's he's losing money right now on that contract. I would think. And is this 
you know, we talked about it at the time, drafted in the first round, supposed to be a star, wasn't. Yep. Went to the minors, took him forever, came up, established himself as a capable backup, and then got really hot last year and stayed really hot at the beginning of this year. You start to go, okay, is he reaching what he was always supposed to be? He's got his mental stuff sorted out. He's got a coaching staff that's working with him. And, and then he hits this crater again. And because none of these spurts are long, well, except for the one where he's nothing from being drafted till becoming the backup in that, LA. Oh, that decade. Right. That's fair, man. And you sit there and go, man, what is this guy? And how long am I willing to commit to that? Does, has these two months drastically changed your opinion on, or even these last two weeks where it has dragged on, changed your opinion on what you'd be willing to give him? No. Really? Uh, um, well, okay. Yeah, it's obviously... No, I, I think it's alarming. This the, I think this is the Leaf fan in you who's rubbing his mitts saying, yeah, if he rebounds later and is good, I'm hoping this brings that contract down, right? That we still sign him, but maybe it's 3-5 instead of 5-5, five, right? Five, five, right? That he's still going to be a Leaf moving forward, I believe. And, and we'll see. I think he's going to rebound from this. As I said to you, he's not that 940 goalie. No. But he's not the 880 goalie either, right? Um, how long until can, you start to wonder if he is? Like how many more weeks? Until Mrazek totally flames out. And it's funny, I was... Did I you watch, watch Saturday night? Or? I, well, <laughs> I, 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 I was wandering by the assistant here and I was like, hey, what's the score in the Leaf game? Yeah. 2 nothing, Vancouver. And I'm like, yes, guy! <laughs> right? And this is just after you had sent me the thing saying, yeah, Mrazek's getting the second and three starts. And so... Yep. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's still in this crazy compacted season. It is, there, there are going to be ups and downs and, and really, I think what's going to happen with He's Jack now been down longer than he was up though. I don't know about that, man. The whole, the, that this end of season, last I season. Mean, and I just mean this year. He's had yeah, more okay, down than the beginning up. Of, yeah. But just, it's, it's, it's a large sample size spread over an off season. And then this, this down period, I, I just think. I, you know, I think he's going to rebound to that sort of a nine fifteen goalie, and and Jack Campbell's fate, contract wise, will be made in the, in the stretch drive of the season and and the playoffs. Yep. If he is if if he is surpassed by Morazic going into the playoffs, a the Leafs are screwed, and b they're not uh, screwed. He just won't be back. Yeah, no, but I'm saying I'm not. I'm think, not that. I don't think I, the Leafs want to ride into the playoffs with Morazic. I would be I nervous, based on almost nothing more than health with Morazic. Um, I don't know that Morazic is is that bad. Like, and no, no, yeah. no, no. Guys had a legit career because right? he's and, and the Leafs in theory should just need, as we've talked about, a league average goalie. I think if he's healthy, Peter Morazic can be that. Um, I did think coming down this stretch, yeah, especially for the next month or so, when they're playing literally every other night, as almost every Canadian team is, um, that Morazic was going to see more action because Campbell has never played right. 60, 70 games or whatever in a season and shouldn't. So I was trying to, I'm trying hard to keep a level head on not reading too much into how often, you know, who starts. So the week of the All-Star game, on the Monday, the Leafs start a back-to-back with New Jersey. Campbell starts, he gets lit up, and Morazic comes in. And on Tuesday, they go back to Campbell, and he plays really well. And they say, you know, we wanted to not make him sit through the All-Star break or go down to the game on this whatever. And he played well. 
And then on the All-Star game is Saturday. The Leafs play Monday. So they're going to give that game to Morazic just because he's flown across the continent and had this weekend of events. That all made sense. They go to Calgary. Campbell struggles. You know Morazic's going to start Saturday. So it's two out of three so far based on circumstance more than anything else. But I do believe we're now into a flip-flop until someone grabs the ball and runs with it. I don't believe necessarily that this is still Jack Campbell's net, you know, 100% of the, not 100, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I absolutely understand yeah. what you mean. And and I don't think, I don't think Jack Campbell, you know, there was, there was heady Vesna talk, yep. right. In, in the first two months of the season. Yep. And, and, and I'm not sure Jack Campbell will ever be that Vesna goal. I don't know. As, no. as, as we said a couple of weeks ago, we laid out all kinds of guys who, as goalies find their way in their late 20s yep. right it's not uncommon right so a guy with the pedigree that Campbell had as a junior and as that high draft pick yeah three years ago or four years ago he was in the east coast league yep so is this a guy who's just a late bloomer and and yeah signs were pointing to yeah maybe that's the case um I'm not sure he's gonna end up being a Vesna caliber goalie but could he be uh a, a, a devin dubnik a mike smith uh, any of these guys who darcy kemper right guys who who sort of become very reliable goalies craig anderson yep. markstrom yep. right you saw markstrom and that guy is he's got yes. like six or seven shutouts this year yeah um so it's not impossible right that that he is is coming into his own but like i said to me we talked about it either coming out of the, which was last week coming out of the all-star whatever it was two weeks ago that he'd played a lot of games yep right for a guy who is not accustomed to it and that yeah i think he's hitting a low or more than a low whatever you want to call uh, yeah. it yeah i'm but concerned I, I, i'm uh, yep yeah i know but that is that is a leaf fan uh, yeah that's no, a no, little dismissive no, no. i <laughs> no not dismissive i'm saying that's a leaf fan who wants to? Who needs to win now? Yep. Right, your window is open. You don't have time for Campbell to go. Do I got it this year? Maybe right. I got it next year. Right. So I'm not dismissive, as in you're sensitive or or, or hyper aware. This doesn't feel like a couple week lull. This is two months now, and I just think I think because of where the Leafs are, and and do you think the Leafs? There was a conversation on on local Ottawa radio. Uh, this past week or last week, where they're talking about the Leafs maybe maybe pushing for first in in the Atlantic because they don't want to be in that spot, and so this is where I wonder if if some of your or Leaf fans' concern is that yeah we need legit goaltending all the time now because we can't just sort of go yeah we're we're humming along we're winning games we're winning way more than we lose yeah we're gonna make the playoffs. But do you think the Leafs want to be first? I do, yeah, because I, I just, I think, and I don't know if it's realistic or not, like Florida has just been mercilessly pounding everybody. Um, it, oh, I'm pounded. It's, I, the thing is, last year was as good of a chance as the Leafs were ever going to have. The best yeah. chance. And they blew it. And they blew it in Columbus. You they blew it! <laughs> so... It would be in a in a vacuum, right? If we only looked at this year and the Leafs, whatever, finished second, had home ice against Tampa and lost, you'd go, 
man, this division, one or two good teams from this division are going out in the first two rounds. Shitty draw. The Leafs don't have that goodwill. They haven't earned it. They they the the it's going to be what it's going to be in the first round, and you haven't banked enough goodwill for people looking and go, well, I mean, that's reasonable. If you lose in the first round again, things well, are going to change. Yeah, and, and things will change. Heads will roll this time. I believe that. So, yeah, I believe it's important to them to do what they can to finish first. And you just finished two games here against Calgary and Vancouver. You outshot your opponent over two games, 101 to 50, and got zero points. And so at some point, you're like, holy shit, we got to get a save here, right? Like, yep. and, and neither goalie gave you that on this particular trip. And, you know, one of them was a little fluky uh, against uh, Mrazek. One wasn't. And the third one is a backbreaker. The Leafs have come back from 2 nothing, tied it up, have all the momentum, yep. and you let their fourth line score. You're just like, that can't happen. That's a bad rebound. It, it's a shitty break. And, you, man, when you dominate like that, and it's the first time since October 25th the Leafs have lost two in a row in regulation. But yeah, this this fan base is a little jumpy, and you you just you can't squander opportunities like that. Like I said, 101 to 50 were the shots in the last two games. You have no points to show for it. That at some point that's on your goaltending, right? And you need those if you're going to catch Florida. Florida's uh, not we- coming out to play those two teams and getting no points. No, actually they rolled through and they smoked that uh, and they and they yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, this this was Vancouver, Calgary, Calgary and and Calgary's yes. good. Like I'm, but Calgary is, yeah, Calgary is impressively kind of yep what they what, what they've put together as the seasons rolled through. And that but, game looked exactly like what you would expect a Daryl Sutter playoff game to look like, right? And if that's what you want to, if the Leafs are going to go far, it won't be necessarily in Calgary, but it's going to need to be more games like that. And those weak ones that go in just kill you because they are not going to give you many more chances. Well, and to me, if you look at and, and it's funny because, as we said, I, 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 I think most people, non-Leaf fans, were really looking last year after the after the Montreal flameout. Is there going to be changes? Right. Is there going to be changes either to staff or personnel? Right. Like I, I think that was really a a sort of. So to me, to, to to roll through this year, if it doesn't happen again, it'll be super interesting to see. To see how that shakes out. Yeah, right? heads will roll for sure, and and they've already started to roll across uh, across the the league and oh, really that's across a pro Canada. Segue, man. Thanks, pro segue. Um, this past week, we saw two Canadian teams fire their head coaches. That is five of seven Canadian teams that have fired their head coach in the last calendar year, leaving Sheldon Keefe and DJ Smith as the grizzled vets in the country. <laughs> um, and just this season alone. We've seen seven coaches lose their job. That is 22% of the league. So it's a bit of a, I, I, I was going to say epidemic. I don't know if we want to joke about that or, or whatever, but uh, lots We'd of coaches. We'd be happy for an epidemic now. Yeah, if we downscale to an epidemic. Uh, do you want to start in Edmonton or you want to start in Montreal? Oh, Matt. Do I like ribs? <laughs> Or do I like pizza? What, what am I going to do here, right? Where do we want to go? And, and really, I think it's Montreal first. I, I'm not sure how much there is to say when you have an organization continually making interesting yes. decisions. Oh, I was interested. Yeah, you know, I love the I love the, the Scott Gordon 
I, I think that was a, a real coup. Uh, you have an experienced guy there, and you bring in Ken Hughes, and you and you have this francophone air quotes yep um, guy with no experience. So you but you got Gordon in the back backing him up, right? It, you're gonna be okay there. I am bamboozled by Ooh. the Martin Saint Louis selection. As would you as go coach. as far as to say flummoxed? Uh, no, because <laughs> flummoxed. To me, means there's a, a level of sort of frustration. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I find the whole thing to be interesting. You got a guy who comes in and says, you know, I'm going to let my players play. I don't believe in systems. Like, That's because you, you no, coach 13 year olds and they you don't got play. No systems. experience, and you have no system. That makes you one out of 32 coaches in the NHL <laughs> with no system. So you are either the smartest mofo in the league mm. or you're the dumbest one. Mm. And, and to me, you can pick it up. And, and I, I, I sent our good friend a, a message yesterday saying, oh, Habs came up short on the score sheet and behind yeah. the bench. <laughs> like to me, I, I don't know what they're doing here. That, that, that to me is a... A really interesting selection. A lot of talk about the relationship between Ken Hughes, the new general manager, and Marty St. Louis. Apparently uh, very close. Um, You know, I guess their kids played together somewhere and they would travel to do that. And is this... um, Have you put a spy in the room, right? And and not so much a spy. I mean, the coach is always going to, you know, not get the full whatever that the players are giving, right? Players have their own relationships. The coach doesn't always see the whole thing, but here's our guy. We trust this guy. We know this guy. He's our guy. We put him in there and we get information. Who is worth keeping in your opinion? Who's really still giving a full effort? Who's kind of bailed on this year? You do have some young guys in that lineup that can't keep being exposed to these horrible performances, right? Another, it was a seven, one drubbing or something from New Jersey that got, uh, Ducharme fired in the in the first place. I believe they got crushed again um, in San Luis' first game. That's why they go out and pre- uh, pick up the Hamburglar. They want to get Caden Primo out of there. So Andrew Hammond, I guess, is going to start some games here for the Habs. And, you know, is it just a question of this is our guy. If it goes poorly, whatever, we he pull him back out. He literally, um, you know, for those who aren't familiar, we're not exaggerating. He just came from coaching 13-year-olds. That's yeah. the extent of the experience that he has as a head coach. No minor league, no assistant coach, nothing. Um, now, he was a great player for a long time. And so maybe this is sort of a free roll of the dice. The season is over, and you're frankly totally open to the idea of tanking. If it goes poorly, hey, thanks for coming in and doing that for a couple months. We're going to go hire a real head coach now. And if it goes well, then you get to do that Disney movie. Hey, we brought in a francophone head coach, legendary player, and he's going to, you know, you you look smart because you and I, as much as anybody, have railed on the old boys club, right? That it's the same names over and over and over that get recycled through it. And here is someone who went and did something different, brought in a guy we never would have expected. And there was a reason we wouldn't have expected it, but you know, maybe you get to look like the smartest guy in the room. I don't yeah. think so, but maybe. So you could have went with Bob Hartley or Guy Boucher, mm-hmm. you know, a recycled francophone. Yep. Right. But 
But was that not the first thing through your head when they fired Ducharme? Like, congratulations to default francophone head coach on your next gig as Montreal Canadiens well, head coach. How about, how about Joe Bouchard or whoever's coaching the Laval Rocket? Yeah. To me, that that would have been a, 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 a sort of, you know, a better idea. Yep. And the idea that they, and, and I, I, I'm not disputing what you're saying because I've heard the same things, right? That yep. uh, St. Louis is a, is a hardworking, I'll show you, you know, chip on the shoulder guy, yeah, straps kind of guy, right? Self made. Um, but you got you got Alex Burroughs already there, who you know, while not a Hart Trophy or an Art Ross winner, this is a guy who worked his way from rollerblade hockey through the East Coast League. Yes, who's already on the staff? If you don't know already, who's getting shit done there and who's not? Bringing Martin Saint Louis in is not going to help you more. And if it is, get rid of Burroughs right away. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You already have a former player who's there as an assistant. And so I, I, if you're going to go, yeah, all right, we're going to get rid of this and we're not going to bring in a recycled Francophone coach, we're going to give uh, Luke Richardson. Yep. Give Luke the rest of the season. This is a guy who's already who's won a Calder Cup, who's played, who's been an assistant in a, in a couple of places, who's done a great job. If you're not going to give him the rest of the year, man, and your franchise is faulty, in my opinion. Well, and I don't understand, to be honest with you, what the point of this was in the first place. You're trying to tank. Either he's Ducharme is a good coach, and this isn't his fault, or he's a bad coach, and great. Like, let's finish last, make sure we get Shane right out of it, and carry on. I... I don't know. And there's a certain amount of like, I don't know what the rush was to me. We'll see. Right. But to me, this looks like, um, the first mistake by this new management group. He's our guy. We like him. We have a good relationship with him. He's a former Ranger. Um, so he's got that tie with Gordon. I already mentioned the ties with Hughes to me. This looks like we're bringing in our people. And in this case, our people have no experience whatsoever. Yeah. And it's, it's really, you have you have gone further down the road of of showing that you're being ruled you're being ruled by the language and it's it doesn't work uh what also did not work was uh dave tippett in edmonton and uh, ken holland finally pulls the trigger there and moves him along to uh, his future endeavors uh replacing him with their american league head coach jay woodcroft um by all accounts you know, doing pretty well down in the American League. Oilers fans seem reasonably happy with him as the replacement. Um, I got to tell you, man, like to me, this is is overdue, but it's been hard to, to peg down what Edmonton is for the first 20 games. They dominate everybody. Then they go 2-10-2 or whatever it was, and they kind of get things back on the rails before the All-Star game. I believe it was 5-0-1. You're like, okay, like maybe they're riding the ship. And then they come out of the All-Star break and drop two more duds, right? Like, and you can lose to Vegas. Like that happens. Vegas is a good team and, and whatever. Um, but to then just follow it up by getting, I believe shut out again, right afterwards. Like they just didn't have any energy, nothing happening there. And I think Holland went, you know, I can't risk another big, long, the math has already started to slide out of their favor. He saw those two games and went, yeah, okay. If I was going to do it before, I got to do it now, right? That five game thing maybe wasn't real. Maybe this isn't real, but I can't risk allowing this to get out of hand again and lose this season. So I think, you know, they just came to that critical mass where it had to happen this week. 
if you want to check the temperature of Ken Holland and and the Oilers brass, I think this is the first time Ken Holland has ever let a coach go midseason. Also, the first time Dave Tippett has ever been fired in season. So and, good and for so, you guys. Way to find yeah, each other. Two ships in the history, night. Yes. <laughs> if if you look at it and you go, yeah, that is that's that that smacks of desperation. Yeah. And and I don't know Jay Woodcroft at all. Like to me, the name doesn't resonate in any way. We'll try and get him on the show before we dump all over him here. Yep. No, no. <laughs> and, and I'm not about to. I know. But um, but you are talking about um, when they talk about the you know defensive deficiencies that maybe like I think everybody understands that as long as 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 Connor and Leon are putting up, you know three points a game yeah the team is good. smooth sailing it's golden right if they make it down to a pedestrian one point a game a piece which is really good yeah um the team skids sideways um then they have not got good goaltending which they did at the beginning of the season yep um they have been faultily constructed on the on the decor uh, i think the tyson berry thing is a, is an overswing as is as is the bringing in of Keith. I don't think either of those are great. And Cody CC. And Cody CC to be the stalwart, you're going to be disappointed. I think Cody. Has, I can vouch has, for this. Yeah, well, I can vouch for this. Well, I just but, mean having Barry and CC on the same decor okay, and yeah, it not sure, going man. super, man. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, and we looked at it. The fact that Barry could lead last season, could lead all defensemen in scoring, and then not get a contract. Yeah. You know, have to wait around on the and then get picked up in the scraps. That speaks volumes, right? And so they were able to Edmonton was able to wait around and get him at a bit more of a bargain. But if you were looking for this team to get more a better sort of structure defensively, Dave Tippett is known as a structured defensive coach. Yep, you you're looking now to go where. And, and again, if, if the plus on Jay Woodcraft and Dave Manson is that they've done a good job developing some of the younger players in the Oilers organization, those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I'm down here and I'm not focusing on wins. I'm focusing on player development. Now I get to the NHL where I am hopefully working with developed players. The, the emphasis is completely and totally and justifiably on wins. Yep. Especially for this team, right? Like I mentioned it a week or two ago, Elliot Friedman keeps saying missing the playoffs is not an option for this team this year. I'm telling you, it's on the table. It is an yeah. option. <laughs> it's an absolutely an option. Who are you asking? Right. Ownership and management? Yes, not an option. The rest of us look at it and go, yeah, that's totally within Yeah, reach. it's on the table, man. So yeah, you got to look at uh, and it's frustrating, it's annoying, but points percentage still, because some teams in the league have played 50 games, some teams are closer to 40. We're just all over the map because of COVID. And before the All-Star break, after that 5-0-1 run by the Oilers, I believe they sat at 583 as a win percentage, which was on pace with LA and ahead of Anaheim. You come out and you lose those two games, and as far as points percentage goes, you're now behind both of them, right? And so those are now extra teams that you have to pass instead of just, you know, keep behind you. And it changes things. That's an extra win or two you're going to have to find as you come down the road. And there's no evidence right now that they're capable of stringing them together like that. And, you know, it, it 
kind of came to this point where I think they had to do it. And you're right. Like when you see Woodcroft come up, is he capable of under this microscope with these two huge stars and you have to get in? Like, is this the guy? I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think it was time to do something, but ultimately I don't think it matters. I think all of this falls on Ken Holland and the rest of the old boys crew, Nicholson and everybody there in Edmonton. This is a poorly constructed team. And last yes. summer, as you referenced, you had the chance to get out of it. You had cap money come off the books. You had room. And then you spent it, as you, again, you said on Cody Cece, on Duncan Keith, on these sorts of players. You didn't fix the goaltending. You didn't fix the defense. And really, I, I don't think up until Evander Kane, which is still new, so we'll see how it goes, I don't think they had fixed the depth at forward. Zach Hyman helps, but it didn't really add anything to the bottom six um, other than, you know, push one guy down. But now Kane comes in and pushes somebody else down. That is helping up front. But this is Ken Holland's mess. And you can keep changing coaches. And you can keep cycling around the edges. But ultimately, this is his team and it's poorly built. And I'm not sure another coach is going to fix that for you. You look at the the two teams you cited right in, right there that they're they're in the mix with yeah right the Kings and and the Ducks yeah and you go which one of those teams has two of the top five scorers in the league right You're like yeah that's Edmonton <laughs> yep for sure at the beginning of the season we would not have predicted Oilers to be anywhere near those teams no who has the better goaltending either both of those teams. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, how many times do we watch playoff hockey and you're like, yeah, playoff hockey is really just, you could call it goalie. It's, it's a cliche. Yeah. But, but when, when wins have to happen and you don't have the goaltending, you don't, you don't go. You don't move forward. Right. And whatever they want to do, they don't have the back end or the goaltending or clearly the forwards who are willing to buy into a structure that is going to win. Right. So it doesn't matter who you bring in. In my opinion, if you don't have guys, and you know, it's, again, another cliche is the whole Scotty Bowman, Steve Eiserman conversation where you go, you want to score 160 points and lose in the first round? Or do you want to score 85 points and win a Stanley Cup? Right? We hear that all the time and it gets to be you know, sort of cliched, but the reality is, do you have everybody buying in on the 200 foot game? And if you don't, yeah, you can score points. Maybe you can't, but yeah, you're not going to have long-term success if you don't have buy-in. Well, to me, I don't know that this team could buy in fully. I just don't think it's very good. I think as you, yeah, okay. again, Edmund, uh, Drysaddle and McDavid, as you said, if they put up two, three points a game, then they'll drag everybody else kicking and screaming. If they don't, they won't. And I, I just, I don't think that this is a work ethic thing or a systems thing. I think it's not a very good team. And there's no way around. Once that's the case, not much you can do. You do have a team with 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 two extremely high-end yeah. high forwards. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. And And if your idea is... We're gonna we're gonna push it forward more, more offense, more offense. Let's do it. Let's 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 go and let's win with our forty percent power play, which has been in the past couple of years. Um, 
we're just going to keep pouring it down, pouring it on and we're going to be like 80s Oilers. And we're going to win with overwhelming offense and and that hasn't been the case and and I think I think it does come down I I, I agree we're, we're not you and I are, are arguing the same point. This is a poorly constructed team and unless you're willing to trade Leon Draisaitl is that on the table? Oof. Well, I wonder if they were to miss the playoffs this year, do either one of those guys go into Holland's office and go, I've had enough of this? Yeah, it's Dreisaitl, 100%. He does seem to be the one taking the shit kicking from the, the local media, and he looks frustrated on the ice. And and you're never... Connor gonna, looks irritated, know. whereas yeah. Dreisaitl looks frustrated. <laughs> and I kind of get both of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. All I'm saying is... is they're both acknowledged as fantastic players. Yep. Only one of them is 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 looked at as a generational or all-time great. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're going to trade one, guess who it is? And do you want to be the guy holding the reins who's trading Leon Dreisaitl? Because you're never winning that trade. No, but I don't want... Forget whether Ken Holland wants to be the guy doing it. I don't want Ken Holland to be the guy who does it. You've shown you're out of touch. You haven't done anything useful in 20 years. I was talking to the Western correspondent this week. Half of Holland's press conferences end in something along the lines of, you guys remember that time I traded for Robitaille for the 98 playoffs? You're like, what? Nobody cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, you have not done anything in a long time. You're out of touch. And I think until all, and probably Nicholson too, once, until all of that gets cleaned out, I don't see this turning around. Yeah, I I think Bob Nicholson though, if 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 we're gonna be honest, when they brought him in, he had the the Hockey Canada yeah. shine on him, right? There was all kinds of things happening, and and when when Ken Holland, now you and I not big on on the on the on the move, right? To bring Ken Holland no. in because we'd seen the shine, you know. Yeah, the, the Red Apple Wings had been circling the bowl for a while, right? Well, and and really, he did nothing to help them get out of it. And so, yeah, I think we both saw it for what it is, right? That's a guy who's 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 getting fat off of of really of people who have done the, the done the trading before him. Yeah, he sort of tweaked it a bit in a non-salary cap era, right? Yep. I'm going to bring in Shanahan. I'm going to bring in Brad Hull. Hall. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do all those Chelios. Sorts of things. Chelios. Yeah. Hassock. So you are yeah. you are looking at. Um, I don't think we loved it as much, but you are looking at at having to have. You're tied in in heavily, so when you look at Montreal and Edmonton, the two teams we've just we've just been talking about, in terms of salary cap and money spent, one in five, I believe, according to Cap yep. Friendly, and both on the outside of the playoffs. Both changing coaches and spending a shit ton of money, and so yeah, there's no easy way out, especially for Edmonton. Like, right? And if you said it, everybody was talking at the end of the year last year about the money that was going to come up and how. Don't worry about it, Edmonton and Oiler fans. We got we space. We're going to fix it. This is this our year. year. Yeah. Exactly. We are going to we are going to properly and smartly allocate that cash that's coming up. And we whiffed. Right. So um, I, I don't see anything getting better. I am 
prepared to be 100% wrong. Yeah, they could get in and, and those guys could get hot again. We'll see. But but to circle back, like, do you think it'll be on the table that one of those guys might ask out this summer? 100%, Matt. Yeah. 100%. And, and to me, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't know what choice you're left with. All right now, Koskinen, I, I believe, comes off the books. Yeah. Right, and you may have options there, right? I know you have Smith for another another year after oh, this at, at a at a fairly low hit, I though, know, right? But <laughs> stop but, giving thirty nine year old goalies multi year yeah, contracts. Yeah, who's who's really the way he plays? You know that groin and something else is going to give out. Yep. Um, th- there are going to be options in terms of never better than last summer with the expansion draft, right? But you are looking at. And the same with the with the leaf thing we talked about. You are looking at, at at being forced to make changes. It is super drastic for you to get rid of of one of those two top end players because you know. I just wonder if one of them forces your hand to do it. That's all. Yeah. Well, and and to me, it, it as you as we've said, it, it is Leon. I believe more than it doesn't seem to be in Connor's nature. Right. Um, he's just yeah. he just looks sad. I feel bad for Connor when I see him now. Like he's just. He's exasperated in all of his availabilities and yeah, like it's, it's, well, it's a, it's a crime against the sport. Like, I don't know that we've ever seen a player this good be on a team this bad for this long. Like normally when that team gets that guy, yes, the team is shit. That's how they got him. And then it starts to rise with him, right? We saw it with the Capitals and Ovechkin. We saw it with the Penguins and Crosby. We saw it with Lemieux and the Penguins, right? Like over the years, your team's get these guys and you start to slowly build around them and everybody comes up together. This is, you could make the argument it's getting worse in Edmonton, not better. Well, and if you look at the Lemieux reference, he was there for six or seven years. Yes. Before. So, so that is, that is the, the, the player that, that most people sort of go, Oh, well, look, Mario had yeah, to wait be. seven or eight years, right? Before, before he won his cup. And so to me, it's, it comes down to that is still on the table, right? In terms of maybe possibilities, right? Yep. But it, it is, it is, <laughs> things need to happen, right? It, it, are they going to have somebody who's able to make the, um, the flip to bring in Ron Francis and, and Ulf Samuelson. Uh, I, I'm not sure that that's, that's out there waiting for Oiler fans. Right. Uh, no, probably not. Be just an abdicator again or something like that. Or so. Athena, see you. How yeah, about that? Can we do that? Sh- awesome. Um, my question to you though is, is when you look at, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I panned the Daryl Sutter. Oh yeah. Pick, pick up last year. And you're like, that's a shitty team that's flaming out in a weak Canadian division. And gave him multiple years. And you're like, man, that's terrible. Yep. And you're going you're gonna to get Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan to, to buy into this. And you're like, oh, wait. Turns that seems out. seems to have happened. Yeah. That seems to have happened, right? Now, good goaltending. You get good goaltending and shit happens, right? They have well, both of those teams, defensive. right? If Markstrom ends up in Edmonton, how different are we talking about both of these teams, I wonder? <laughs> so... Well, it, was, it apparently was close. Yeah, the Western correspondent spent a pile of time last year sending me stats about how much better Smith was than than Markstrom. Whoops. And so that's all right. That's all right. Yep. Tweets gone bad. Tweets that don't age well. Right. Totally fine. Um, I, I, I was willing to look at him as having orange goggles on. No problems. 
Um, we all have it. Yep. Um, if you look at, and so with that, and you've said it earlier, five of seven Canadian teams have changed coaches. Sheldon Keefe, DJ Smith. Yep. Who gets fired first? <laughs> that's interesting right now out of any coach who's ever coached 100 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the regular season Sheldon Keefe has the highest winning percentage ever and yet if they flame out in the first round again I would be pretty surprised if he was back in September DJ okay. Smith is coaching a bad team, and I would argue is doing a bad job of it. Yep. And yet, I would imagine he's doing her for pretty cheap. Um, and since there are no expectations the rest of this season, it barring things going just like unbearably bad from here on out, which doesn't seem to be likely, I would be surprised if he didn't start next season behind the bench for Ottawa, as I just sort of think through your question out loud here, if the expectations are for Ottawa to turn the corner next year and contend for a playoff spot, as some thought they should be this year, but that was never a realistic expectation, then maybe you could see him getting fired midway through next season as you turn to your coach who is now supposed to be the guy that takes you to the next level as opposed to the coach every team has that just kind of mans the wheel while you suck. Um, it's interesting, man. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where, and you laid it on the line right there. To me, I'm putting my money, if it was today, I'm putting my money on DJ Smith. To get fired first. No. Oh. To last longer. Okay. Well, that wasn't the question. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 I'm like, hey, man, I can't remember all the shit I say, even if it was two minutes ago. Right. Um, yeah. That, that DJ Smith lasts longer. Um, and the thing is, now, I think the window is, because I, I, I fully believe the Leafs are going to draw the Panthers or the Lightning yep. in round one. Looks like. And maybe could play outstanding hockey and lose and lose to a very good team. Yep. And then you're looking at changes have to be made. Yep. Right now we'll see, right. The stat you just presented maybe means we need to make personnel changes in Toronto. I, I don't know. Right. That seems to be very difficult to say, right. When you look at, at the money that's being made and. Well, as I said earlier on, right in a vacuum, if the Leafs lose in seven to the lightning, you go, man, Lots of good teams lose in seven to the Lightning. Yeah, you you run it back next year, but this isn't a vacuum, and it isn't yeah, this a, is six years. That's right. I said. So I it's it would take balls, and I would argue if you lost in seven to the Lightning or maybe even the Panthers, I would do it again. I'd try again, man, because it's one of the top couple teams in the league, and you got stuck playing each other. I don't think it will be up to Shanahan anymore. I think it'll be up to the board and it would be tough PR wise to do it. But if you lose in five or six, like if you get spanked by in five by one of the two of them, then yeah, okay, this isn't working. There's something wrong in the playoffs. Whatever. Like it's all kind of, we'll see how it goes and against who, but it's, 
you know, sometimes patience is the better part of that. But how long can you be patient? So I, right. I'm with you. I, I think if you forced me to say who's getting fired first or who's more likely to get fired first, I don't think it would be warranted necessarily because a bunch of those first round losses are on Babcock and not on Keefe. But yep. I believe it would be Keefe. Yep. And, and, I just and, don't see the circumstance why Ottawa would do it. Well, and the beauty of this, well, and, and they've just extended them. Right? Yeah, I believe, okay. I believe DJ has two more, not just, like yeah. back at the beginning of the year. Yes, yeah. Has two more years, I believe. Uh, but I do fully believe that if Sheldon Keefe makes it through the postseason this year, yeah. in whatever way, yeah. they lose and they show patience or they win a round right. and lose in the second round and they show patience. Or win the cup. That, come on, man. <laughs> that, that if you are looking at DJ if he continues to do the shit that he's done yes. in the past two years, which is, oh, my best decisions are ones that somebody else forces me to make, whether yes. it's injury or whatever else, that if he starts out again with, with, a, with another two, Derek step two, on and <laughs> for sure, man, <laughs> yeah. if you do this again, you bring in Del Zotto or you do these other things and you end up with this big long streak that has put you out of the playoffs yes. by, by American Thanksgiving your ass is fired. Yep. So to me, it's just as likely that if Sheldon Keefe makes it through this playoff run. Yeah. Then, I think if they win one change. round this year, he's probably got two more years. Like Keefe's Correct. probably safe for two years. Right. Like, Correct. Whereas, as you said, DJ Smith is one shitty start because of a second line veteran. Which is actually three shitty starts. Well, okay. Yes. But one more away yep. from. Yeah. It's funny though the teams in such different positions, the the bad coach on the bad team might be safer right now than yeah. than the coach we don't know yet whether he's great or bad with the good team is uh is well, it's funny man. And to me this this team this 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 bad team you keep citing in Ottawa which is not untrue it has has been riddled with injury on yeah. on a on a on an under talented team You've and COVID. You've been forced to remove a bunch of talent from it through injury, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, you're undermanned, but it's on an upward arc. Yes, it is. This, this team. And so DJ Smith was always hired to be the coach that gets fired when this team gets He's your Horacek. You better Horacek yourself. <laughs> Before you horror wreck yourself. <laughs> Big dicks in your ass is bad for your health. Wow. Um, that's Ice Cube the Great. Hey, and on those prop bets, I, I didn't listen to the Maddie show, but they're talking about guest appearances. Uh-huh. I'm thinking it's got to be Ice Cube. Of course, man. You're right there on the West Coast. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Dre and Ice Cube. I am so Not stoked for this halftime. About as stoked as I was for Shakira and, uh, and Jennifer Lopez. Shakira, Shakira. Very different reasons, but uh, yeah. I'm in All on right. this. So anyways, that to me is super interesting. That That's the coach that's going to get fired when you get good. So it is, if Sheldon makes it past this spring, yep. I, I, the, the odds totally shift. But right now, I'm putting my money on, on Sheldon Keefe being fired first. Uh, I want to touch briefly before we wind down, as we have once or twice before, on, uh, on the Arizona Coyotes. They make it official this week that, uh, yeah. Everyone wants to talk about the Yotes. Uh, they announced this week they have made the deal official that uh, they will play the next three years as long as this new arena is supposed to get built in Tempe, Arizona. 
They will play for three years while it's being built at Arizona State University, uh, a facility with 5,000 seats that is likely to be downgraded because they have to make room to put in NHL-style locker rooms and media access and things like this. Uh, We've heard anywhere from 3,200 to 4,000 people. Um, It's a freaking embarrassment. And um, in my opinion, it's... It's going against the spirit of the salary cap and HRR and revenue sharing, all that stuff. Gary Bettman stood up before the All-Star game and said, well, it really doesn't change anything. They're already receiving the max. But you're guaranteeing they're going to continue to receive the max. You're making no effort to make any more money. And the only thing I had to say on this before I hand it to you, man, is look for this by next September and maybe before that. While the media right now is correctly panning the move and giving you all the reasons why it's a mistake look especially on Sportsnet and other rights holders for them to say by this time this happens next year how fun it might be what a cool atmosphere it's going to be and you know like playing in kind of a small old school barn and the fans are right on top of you they will try to polish this up for the league and I firmly believe they're going to tell you what an awesome university style atmosphere this is and yet everything we've read says that to make this work they have to start charging far more money than they are right now you know to keep making money in an arena that small it doesn't work like that if you want the loud rowdy university crowd in Arizona like whether it's even possible then you need to charge like 15 bucks right this is thursday night out at the university everybody's drunk having a great time they're talking about 180 bucks american for the average seat in arizona that's not the same crowd you don't draw rowdy university kids for 180 bucks a ticket it's never happening never no And, and and they'll look for the pack burn yes before they'll look for the maximum dollar i this is this is a franchise that is is has perennially been in the bottom three in attendance. Yep. So you are already understanding that they're not helping the salary cap moving forward. They're not doing their bit. Um, they're a lost cause in that front. And the NHL will be will be happy to have the environment. And as you said, ESPN, TNT, Sportsnet will will be happy to. I hadn't thought of this. I'm, I'm told the line. Yeah, to to get on board with with selling the positive of this. Yeah, because it's it's otherwise you nothing about this new partnership with ESPN and TNT. Do they want to emphasize the negative? That is, you're going to have like the NFL is never going into a twelve thousand seat stadium. Never. Or coming here and playing a game in Ottawa. Right. Or at, or at BMO, like it's just, it's not like these are small time buildings in spot. They, you'd never see it. So you will absolutely. And, and I would much rather, to be honestly, watching it. Hey, make it 3,800 people get, get room for camera bays and whatever else. And, and yeah, put your, put it. I want to see a NCAA basketball crowd, right? Put it in there because that's going to be the best game we've seen in Arizona since Jeremy Roenick played there. Right. So, <laughs> so do it. 
do it, man, because to me... Likely with an Arizona State Sun Devils logo at center ice instead of the Coyotes logo. Like, yeah, just, nothing <laughs> nothing says Bush yeah. quite like that, right? Now, I don't believe that to be the case. No. I, I, I'd be surprised if they don't put the Coyote at the middle. I, I'm sure the money has to go in there. Um, Friedman not, says he's not so sure. Like, All right, well, that fucking guy's got a bad suit game. I'm not sure I'm... Not sure I'm going with that. Okay. Um, yeah, to me, it's they're they're saying how much of a bad deal it is right now. But once it's reality, watch the partners fall in line and say what a cool environment this might yep. be. And and oh, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. And I don't think. I think I still think. And if I was going to be a betting man, you want the long shot odds. I'm putting my money on. This is just a placeholder for that team to go somewhere else. Still. I still don't see an arena yeah. in Arizona. It would this be is- the third arena this size. And that's a big city, right? But out in Glendale, they have the one that the Coyotes are playing in right now. Downtown, they have the arena for the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns have said, we want no part of you. And uh, won't let them come in there. And well, so you're going to build a... shown further and further, further, further. And further, a less less of an interest in sharing a stadium, yep. right? And so now you're going to build a third 20,000 seat arena in the greater sure. Phoenix area. Like, Seems I, like a great idea, man. I, and I saw like, and again, it was Friedman who reported that, you know, at, the Phoenix coyotes have agreed to pay upfront all the costs of these renovations to the Arizona state university. And someone quickly quoted and corrected saying due to their reputation in the market the coyotes have been forced to pay their vendors up front for all like let's not be polishing this turd up unneededly right like and by the coyotes what we really mean is the 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 batman and the nhl have paid up front for this no doubt ma'am anything else for this one uh no matt i think i'm gonna go from here back to watching uh Nine hours of pregame coverage. No, no. Cracking down on protesters, counter-protesters, all these sorts of things. Uh, That's what I'm Let's see some nightsticks. Let's start whomping asses. Whooping asses. (laughs) And and the one thing I will say, and I'm not sure, you know, we want to get far down this avenue, but when you look at what happened Sunday with the Ambassador Bridge and Mm -hmm. it being fully opened, and and you look at that Coots crossing in in Alberta into Mont into I believe Sweetgrass Montana. Alberta the Alberta government, one of the first things the Kenny government did was pass the Infrastructure Protection Plan Bill One I believe, which has the which gives them the power to clear this bridge or to clear this entry point. Yep. Right. But the reality is it was meant to. You know, keep First Nations people away from pipelines. Yeah, we just saw it two years ago, the wet sweating pipeline stuff, the railroad blockades. We are way more interested in clearing away Indigenous people, Mm -hmm. way more than we are our conservative. Yeah, the hypocrisy is just off the goddamn charts. Disgusting. Yeah. And so um, that's what I'm going back to. And, And honestly, I found this to be, I get fired up. I could, uh, my stance could not be further from the first weekend, you know, two weeks ago from, from what I see right now. It's, it's, it's amazing, Matt. Uh, so. No, I'm with you. It's, it's, and you know, you're seeing it all over the place, man. This is not, this is not a new playbook. 
create chaos, point at the government for not being able to protect you from that chaos, force them to bring in force, and then point at them for being tyrannical. You are destabilizing things, and they have been successful at doing that. And uh, we have learned nothing. Um, and, and the reality is, beware the person who drapes himself in the flag. Always, man. Always. Always. When you say, I'm putting the maple leaf up front first, I'm doing this for that. Oh, they're singing the anthem while they're shitting on the war memorial. Like it's... Yeah. To me, those sorts of things are, they suck in your soccer moms and people there with their kids. Mm-hmm. And, and more and more, it becomes apparent that this is not about vaccine mandates. This no. is about destabilizing a democracy. Yep. The further down the road we get, and, and you see it now, people in other countries citing this example. And Waving I, Canadian flags at other shit protests in other parts of the world. And like, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that, man. You have co-opted my, the symbol. As somebody who's been at international games and you go to, and you see your flag and, you're, and I'm so proud of it. It sticks out amongst all these other flags. Yep. And you, you douchebags have now taken my flag mm-hmm. and you're waving it. In, in in the name of freedom, the freedom of one million people in 37, yeah. right? You, the vast minority who stomp on our freedoms? Yep. Fuck you, man. That's what I got to say. It's good a place as any to end this, man. All right. Hey, and it's Valentine's Day, yeah. Matt. We love you all. We love you all. For sure we do. Uh, hope you're all doing okay. Keep popping those Tylenol if you need to on a, a Super Bowl Sunday or Super Bowl Monday. Lots of people have pointed out over the years that that maybe should be a, a stat holiday of some kind uh, instead of forcing I'm, people I'm to off. work. I'm off today. That a boy. That a boy. Uh, that's why he's. It's been a three beer show, and uh, it won't be the last of the day, no doubt. We're on Twitter and Instagram at All Can Audio. Make sure you give us a follow there, uh, and make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, we will wind this one down. Don't forget, later on this week, Michaela Schreider will be back on the show after the women's gold medal hockey game. She'll be in some kind of mood. We don't yet know what kind, uh, but no doubt it will be passionate, so stick around for that as well. Uh, until then, my name's Matt. His name's Rob. We'll see you all next time. See ya! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.